Welcome to the Spiritual AF Life Podcast, a magical place where your host, Heather Danielle, psychic medium, will bring the mystical woo-woo world down to earth in practical ways. Tune in every Monday for your weekly reading and on Wednesdays to hear fascinating conversations with spiritual experts, uplifting stories, and deep dives into the metaphysical world, all to help you tap into the invisible guidance that's all around you. It's time to start living a spiritual AF life. Get cozy. The conversation is starting now. Do you live in a haunted house? Or do you live in one of the states that requires the seller to let you know if they believe their house is haunted or if any kind of death, suicides, or any of the alike happened? Well, in this episode, I am going to break down 10 ways to know if your house is haunted and then give you insight on whether or not it could actually be a past loved one haunting you or if it's maybe something a little bit more spookier. But don't worry because I am also going to give you some insight on what to do about it. So let's dive in right now and see if your house is haunted. So I am not sure if you are same as me, but when I went to buy my house, that was the number one thing on my, my thought process. Like that is the number one thing. Am I buying a haunted house? And at the time I was not open. I did not know why I had any kind of gifts, but I just knew that there are some houses that are probably haunted and I just don't want to be a part of one of them. And it was so funny because I almost didn't buy my house because of something my husband said. That day that we looked at this house that I'm currently living in and another house, we decided that we were going out to eat. And when we were eating, trying to decide which house that we were going to put an offer on, my husband said that this house that we're living in had a strange feeling. And I was like, oh my God, what do you mean? What do you mean a strange feeling? Like, I, I don't even know. And I remember at the time him not really explaining it very well what he meant by that. And to this day, I really don't understand what in the world that he meant by it, but I was like, oh my God, well, that house is completely out then because I don't want to be living with a ghost. <laughs> well, long story short, we ended up buying this house and sometimes I think to myself, is it haunted? Well, we are going to decide that together. And then maybe you can think back on a time when you think you lived in a haunted house, or maybe you can think back on just right now and maybe your current house. So let's dive right into the states that require the seller to disclose whether or not they think their house is haunted, if they've had any kind of paranormal activity. And those states are New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and Minnesota. Isn't that interesting that there are actually states that govern that? Now, we also need to talk about stigmatized property. So I know that there are a lot of real estate agents out there that are probably going to be screaming at me for maybe making this a little bit more simple than it has to be. But from my understanding, a stigmatized property is something that will shun buyers away or that buyers will not like that does not have to do with the physical condition of the place. And a lot of times it has to do with what that property used to be used for. Like it's stigmatized. Okay. And that could be anything from, and it was a drug den. Maybe it was a brothel or maybe someone 
committed suicide in that area, or maybe someone was murdered or killed. And there are a few states too that require the seller to disclose those, which is stigmatized property. And those states are California, Alaska, and South Dakota. Do you live in one of those states? Because if so, they have to disclose to you anything that's like that, that has happened in only the last three years. Three, one, two, three. So if there was any kind of murder, suicide, anything crazy like that within the last three years, they have to tell you. That's interesting, isn't it? Oh, and by the way, I asked my real estate agent, I asked her, when was the last time that this house was sold? Because, you know, sometimes, you know, people might live in a house for a very long time or maybe they wouldn't. And I remember asking her that and she was like, well, it doesn't matter what the house previously sold for. And I remember looking right at her and I remember I was so brave at that moment. And I said, I'm not asking for that reason. I am asking because I want to know if the house is haunted. And I think that if the former owners only lived here for like less than a year or something, then the probability of being haunted is pretty high. But if they lived here for longer than that, then more than likely the, the house isn't haunted. <laughs> so that was my thought process. Okay. So now maybe you have already bought the house. Maybe you're living in the house. Maybe you're thinking about a house from back in the day. So one of the number one ways that you are going to know if your house is haunted, is going to be like, noises, you know, unexplained noises that you have no idea where they're coming from. This actually probably stems back to the turn of the century with the Fox sisters and how they kind of started that in a way with the knocking that was happening at their house. And they were able to communicate with what they felt was the beggar that used to live in there before or whatnot. And they were communicating them through knocks. So this is a very big thing for spirits to do. It's a very common thing for spirits to do because noises get our attention and sometimes they're able to change their frequency so that they can actually communicate with us through the knocks, through the noises and those kinds of things. And sometimes you might get a playful spirit or maybe even a spirit that ain't so nice to, and it knows that the noises scare you. Okay, so now how do you know if it's an actual spirit making the noises or if it's one of your past loved ones? So with your past loved ones, number one thing is, is that they don't want to scare the SHIT out of you. They want to just get your attention. They just want you to know that they're around. Maybe they even have other messages for you, but their goal isn't to make you like crap your pants, to be honest. <laughs> They want you just to be like, hey, I'm around and notice that. Now, other spirits, they may be doing that out of spite. They might be doing it because it scares you. And here is a really, really big thing to know. And that is spirits, bad spirits, they feed off of fear. So if something is scaring the crap out of you, they're going to keep on doing it because they like it because it brings more energy and they're able to suck that energy off of you. I know it sounds kind of crazy and I know that you might be scared right now, but just if you are feeling apprehensive right now, I understand. I used to be scared too. I used to be so scared of ghosts. I used to be scared of all of this. Okay. I am 100% like you. And I just beg you to finish out this podcast episode. You can do anything for like 30 minutes. Okay. Just give me this amount of time and I hope, and I pray, and I know that you'll be changed once you hear everything that I have to say about this. 
unexplained noises is one of the number one ways to know that your house is haunted. But we're going to talk about this in a little bit. But you have to make sure, too, that these noises don't have natural causes. So I tell you what, I wake up almost every night with these creaking of the footsteps going into my bedroom. And it sounds like a very loud, noisy, heavy-footed ghost is literally walking through my bedroom bedroom door from the hallway. It sounds like they start in the hallway and then it creaks through my bedroom door and then it stops a lot of the times right next to my bed. Now, what's really crazy is that a lot of times it will not happen in that way and I will just hear the big like stomping, if you will, of footsteps on the other side of the bed where I used to sleep and it would be like scare the crap out of me every time. And now I have to like ask my husband, you know, usually in the morning, hey, what's going on with these noises? And he's able to discount them because of the temperature changes and et cetera, et cetera. So not everything is always paranormal. And there have been times though, where when I ask my husband, hey, you know, please give me the scientific background to what happened last night. And he was like, I can't. All right. So just keep that in mind, but we're going to talk more about what to do if you think your house is haunted, but let's get back into the number two reason or way that you will know if your house is haunted. And that is cold spots, but there's also hot spots. And so what that means is that all of a sudden you feel a rush of cold energy or hot energy. Now I always see hot as past loved ones. Okay. Their energy is very hot, you know, because energy is very hot. When you put a lot of energy together, it is very hot. And some other paranormal investigators that even I watch on TV say the opposite. They say that cold spots are, you know, regular spirits and hot spots are the ones where it's more demonic. That is not the case with me 1000%. And my stuff is more backed into physics than it is, you know, just a belief system. Because when you go down that road of how molecules and all those other things work, it's when the vibration is very high in the molecules and they vibrate very, very, very high that can actually increase temperatures and those kinds of things. It's very hard to really grasp that concept. <laughs> so if you know somebody in your life who is really good at, you know, science and stuff like that, ask them to explain it to you or go ahead and watch some YouTube videos on physics and quantum mechanics and stuff like that. And it will, it will explain it away a little bit. But for me, it's going to be hot is past loved ones. Cold might be something else, but I tell you what, I am always freaking cold. I am always cold. So guess what? If spirits were around me, no matter if they were my past loved ones or not, they're not going to get my attention because they're coming to me with cold spots and I'm always cold. I'm one big giant cold spot. So they have to come to me with something that I will notice. And I notice when it's hot, almost like a hot flash. If you are perimenopausal or in menopause, okay, that's kind of what it feels like. And what you're going to pay attention to is actually becoming sensitive enough to notice that this is happening. So for example, if I am, you know, cooking dinner and all of a sudden I feel very warm on the left side of my body, I'm not going to discount that. First off, I'm going to see like, okay, is there a reason why did the heat just get turned on? And then all of a sudden it's hitting my face. That has happened to me before. I have been sitting in different areas of my house and I get hit with cold or heat. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And I look around. Oh, okay. The heat just went on or the air conditioning went on. 
And so um, that is something to think about when you are trying to figure out if your house is haunted or not. And so uh, just to let you know, women come on my left, men come on my right. Okay. So kind of think about that way. So if all of a sudden you're thinking about your mom and then you get this hot breeze by your cheek, then it could be your mom, or maybe it's going to be your dad. All of a sudden you feel something onto the right side, and that is going to be your dad coming in and saying hi. Now, the same thing happens that with number one is number two, and that is your past loved ones aren't going to try and scare the crap out of you by making a lot of hot and cold spots and things like that. Their, their goal isn't to scare you away from the paranormal stuff and the creepiness and the hauntings that they're trying to you know bring to you. They're trying to get you more into it so that you will know that it's them. Okay. They're trying to communicate with you, you know, from the other side. All right. So let's move on to number three, which is apparitions and also shadows. The same thing. They want to get your attention. So your past loved ones are going to be trying to walk around the house. They're going to go walk really fast so that you can like get a zip of them on the corner of your eye. The key here is if you have a good feeling, then a lot of times that could be a pa your past loved one or it could be a really good spirit that, you know, just stopping by, saying hi, those kinds of things. Or if you see like a shadow, but you're like really freaking scared, but you get a bad feeling when you see it, then that actually might be that it's not one of your past loved ones. Again, they're not going to try and be, you know, vindictive or mean or scare you. Um, now, one thing to remember with this is that your past loved ones keep their personality. So if they were a jokester, if they were crazy, if they were all into this kind of thing, then just know that they're still going to be that way. So they might, you know, come to you as a shadow person trying to like, ah, you know, in a silly way, but you're probably going to get that feeling. So you really have to pay attention to how your gut is feeling when you see shadows and apparitions. Of course, if you freaking see a freaking apparition and it's not of your past loved one, then there you go. There's your, there's your sign. And I think that's called like the Holy Grail and paranormal activity is when you actually see the actual ghost. Now that's not always feasible or practical because the muscles in our eyes, they, we, they're weak. They're very weak. And so we haven't used them in all of these years. And so that's the reason why that it's really difficult for many of us to be able to see spirit as well. It's not just a psychological level or, you know, fear holding us back. It's also a physical thing. What has to do with our eyes and the light hitting just right and things like that. So keep that in the back of your mind, but we're going to go on to number four, which is objects moving. Again, think about it this way. Your past loved one might move something that belonged to them. All right. So they might move something. They might, you know, make a coin appear and that coin is going to have a year of their passing or the year of their birth, but a, you know, malicious, if you will, entity, you know, they're going to do something that's like, whoo, scary. You might have seen a lot of these on TV as well, where things like fall, fly off the shelves, you know, doors are slamming and stuff. So let's give my mom as an example, or my Aunt Judy, or my Aunt Betty, or Larry, or my grandma, or my friend Dave, or my best friend Teresa, who we've all passed away recently. And do you think that either one of them, any one of them, okay, I just named a whole bunch of people. Do you think that any of them would just be opening and slamming my cupboard doors when I'm trying to sleep? No, because they want me to talk to them. And so that's going to make me like, wait, that's going to make me like scared of it. And I'm not going to do that at all. So it's probably not them. But maybe if all of a sudden a little trinket that I got from my best friend moves or all of a sudden it's faced a different direction one day, maybe that's it. 
And then I had to say something that happened the other day was I went into the kitchen after my husband had been cooking and the stove was on. And I was like, wow. I was like, that's very unlike my husband to leave the stove on. And he's like, I swear that I turned it off, but it was really crazy because it wasn't hot and it was on a 10. So I'm like, how in the world did that turn on? Because if it was on and it was on a 10, which is the highest setting, it would have been hot, but it wasn't hot at all. You could still put your hand on it. Very confusing. But right there on my stove was also a clock and the clock said 713 and 713 is my mom's number. So I was like, okay, mom, did you know that this was on and you just made sure it wasn't hot or did you turn this on? But why would my mom turn on a burner? <laughs> so just kind of think about that, try to make a little bit of sense with it as well. And so it makes more sense that maybe my mom tried to bring my attention to that burner so I could turn it off. That is what makes the most sense. So definitely don't forget your common sense with this. But there has been the countless things in my house where coins are just like in weird spots that you're like, how does the world does this coin get there? And you might have that exact same thing, but see first, if you can connect it with a past loved one. Now, one thing I do want you to think about when you're thinking about past loved ones, I want you to think about not just your past loved one, but the past loved ones of people around you, because you are a person that's into this hocus pocus woohoo stuff. So they're going to be a little bit more now you're a little more open. So they're probably going to come to you. Does that make sense? They're going to come to you because you are open, whereas maybe some of their family members and friends are not open. So think about that while we go on to number five, which is strange odors. Remember, your past loved ones are always trying to get your attention and through smell is one of them. Okay. And for me, my mom shows up as smoke all the time. My mom was a big smoker. So that's a big one, coffee as well. And so when you are smelling things in your house that don't really have a place, see if it resonates with one of your past loved ones. You know, do you smell pumpkin candles? And that's what they always would burn. You know, do you smell lavender? And that's something that they absolutely loved or basil because they were a great cook or they were maybe Italian or Sicilian. So think about it that way first. But then if you are smelling really bad odors, and I mean like grotesque, like, oh my gosh, like something died in here, that is often a sign of something that's a more negative, okay? That is a sign that maybe there is a energy in your house that isn't so nice. Does that make sense? I'm trying to be sugarcoating here. And that is one of the tall tale signs that you're dealing with something really bad. It smells like rotten eggs, sewage, you know, like you want to gag, might smell like death. Those, those aren't, those aren't good. Your, your past loved ones aren't going to be sending you those kind of smells. Now I do have to tell you, I've said this before, my grandmother sends me bad smells. So my grandma smell sends me bad smells when I used to argue with my husband about stupid stuff. And I think it was because my grandmother gate tried to give me my husband, you know, um, even before she passed, because when my grandmother passed, I said to her, you know, I didn't say to her, but I said after she passed, like she was the only one that loved me. She was the only one that loved me. And that's all I could say is that my grandmother was my everything. And when she passed away, I actually knew my husband already. We weren't married yet, but I remember saying to him, my grandmother was the only one that loved me. And I remember him replying, no, I love you too. And I feel like my grandmother made sure that I met him before she passed because she knew, she knew I needed one person in my life that I could just hang on to one person that actually really cared about me other than her because she was leaving. 
And as I talk about this right now, I just heard this noise outside of my door and I'm just going to believe that it's her. You being like, yeah, you bet your damn ass. I sent him, you know, I still, I want to take care of my girl. And, and so anyways, um, what would happen is I was on a lot of medication and stuff like that when I first got married because I was very sick. So if you read the book, Anxiety to Angels, there's a little bit of insight to that. However, I was, you know, on medication and it just kind of altered who I was in a way. It made me very angry and short and impatient and stuff like that. And my grandmother would send me smells to try and basically get my attention and say, Heather, snap out of it. He's a good guy and you're being really mean to him right now. And so I always know that it's a bad smell, but it's, I'm just going to be honest with you. And I love my grandmother to death. Okay. So I don't want to disdain her legacy because she was an earth angel, but is that, um, near the end, especially she didn't smell so good, you know, like, like her Aquanet deodorant was not working very well. And so she had this potent smell, if you will, potent, very potent. And that is what I actually smell. So it still smells like my grandmother. I still know that it's her, but it's a yucky smell because she's trying to get me out of my yucky thoughts. So just kind of know that your past loved ones might do that too. So maybe they were a big smoker. Maybe they had some body odor, you know, and they're going to bring those smells to you. But definitely paying attention to it and seeing, okay, yep, that definitely reminds me of the incense they used to burn or reminds me of their deodorant, you know, um, what is it, Old Spice is coming to mind. All right, so now we're going to go into number six, which is electronic disturbances. Again, big difference when it comes to a house actually being haunted and then also just your past loved ones passing on by. So for example, if you have your TV turned on by itself and it's in that really, really creepy um, white noise, like no picture thing, like on the freaking like horror movies, like poltergeist and stuff like that, probably not your past loved one. Okay. I don't think that they would be doing stuff like that. <laughs> So that could be a tall tale sign. Um, but maybe it's just like your electronics go crazy sometimes. And then when you look at the computer or whatever it is, you notice it's their birthday or it's their anniversary of passing. Or all of a sudden the numbers on the computer, oh, that is like their number. That's their birthday or something. Or all of a sudden this happened to me. I was doing a 5K with my sister. So I wasn't in my house, but this is coming to mind. So I'm going to say it because maybe it might happen to you inside of your house. And what it was, was I became um, distant from my sister and I didn't know where she was on the trail. And so I went ahead and I picked up my phone. And as soon as I picked up my phone, there was a picture of my mom right there. Like, I haven't seen this picture in like forever. Like, like how did it even come up? Like I had like, uh, what was it, Strava on or whatever to record my miles that I was running. And now suddenly I looked down at my phone and it's just a picture of my mom there because my mom was saying, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I want to be part of this too. And I know my sister was really missing my mom that day. So it totally makes sense. So you're going to have some of those, but it's also going to be about how you feel about it. So if you're feeling like, oh my God, I think this is really them. I think this is my mom, my dad, my uncle, my cousin, my son, my daughter. <gasps> Right. It's going to be so cool. You're going to feel like maybe excited, maybe a little bit scared. Like, is this really happening? But then if you're having some electrical disturbances that give you like that freaking heebie-jeebies, like lights coming on and off by themselves, like the only way that your plus loved one is going to make things come in, you know, on and off by themselves is if they are desperate to get your attention. Okay. When they're trying to slap you upside the head a little bit, when they're like, oh my God, can you just pay attention? Can you please stop grieving? Get out of your own mind? You know, things like that. Then they might, 
but it's going to start off a little bit more softer than that. And it's also going to be something that we're, if you really were honest with yourself, you would see like, oh yeah, that's them. They were a jokester. A lot of times I've noticed in readings that men who were handymen, um, maybe mechanics, worked really hard, worked with their hands and stuff like that, they are the ones that are really doing the electrical disturbances. So if you had an electrician that had passed or something, then you, you bet your bet they're going to play with electricity, okay? Because they understand how to manipulate it. But those are the, the ones that I see that really mess with electronics is going to be that, you know, the flickering of the lights, you know, especially if you have a jokester on the other side, like who really wants to get your attention in like a fun way. And they know they're not like scaring the bejesus out of you. That is going to be, you know, the way that they communicate. And so pay attention to that, but you're going to know, you're going to know if it's really your past loved one or not by the kinds of paranormal, you know, electrical disturbances that you have, you know, your past loved one isn't going to be that creepy. And then just all of a sudden you make all the lights in your house turn on at 3 a.m. Like, mm, I don't know, unless there's like a fire or something and then you need to get the heck out. But just think about it. Your past loved ones, like they're with you. Like they don't, they don't want to like give you a heart attack. Okay. <laughs> all right. So now we're going on to number seven, which is feeling touched are feeling watched. Now, my husband's like, I have no idea how people say that they feel like they're being watched. And I'm like, how do you not know that? So I'm just curious if you know, if when you are feeling watched, when the, no one's supposed to be there. Now, your past loved ones might be a little bit of creepers, okay? <laughs> they might, but oftentimes they're not. A lot of times if you're feeling watched and like creepy and stuff, that that shows that maybe it's not your past loved one. It might be something else that's going around. But being touched is also a big one for past loved ones. Now, when you are touched by a spirit, it actually feels like cobwebs, okay? It feels like you have a hair in your face and you can't get it off, you know, or sometimes it might be on your arm or whatever, and you look and you're trying to, like, take off some of your hair. Like, you're like, where is that hair at? And there's nothing there. That's what they feel like. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but that's how, it, how they feel. And so your past loved one, they might try and tap you on the shoulder, they might try and like hold your hand, you know, they might try to like rub your cheek a little bit, like, you know, maybe even rub your hair. They might be doing these soft gestures and it's just kind of a little bit of luck, your sensitivity at the time, the fact that they could lower the vibration enough to be able to reach out to you. And then you heightened your vibration so that you could be more susceptible to that touch. And it's a beautiful thing, but if you're getting pushed, <laughs> that's not your past loved one. Your past loved one ain't doing that, okay? If you are feeling like you just got shoved, if you got pushed, if anything is happening to you when you sleep and you wake up with scratches, which is a big one, those kind of stuff, it's probably not your past loved one, okay? It's probably something that's a little bit more yuckier. <laughs> so think about that as you go on to number eight, because it kind of blends in with this one, which is sleep disturbances. And so your past loved ones are always with you. They want you to know that they hear you. And just because you can't hear them doesn't mean that they can't hear you and they're not there for you. But the thing is, is that a lot of times our past loved ones and any spirit as well, they try to communicate with us when we're falling asleep, when we're asleep and when we're waking up from sleep. And the reason being is because so many of us are so busy throughout our day and our mind is always going, going, going that when we settle down for the night and we're trying to tame our thoughts so we can go to sleep, that's when they're like, yes, I can get a word in. It's finally like the party in your brain. It's like the music is being turned down and you can finally actually hear them. 
And it can be really cool because you might be able to have dreams or, you know, hear their voices or a lot of really, really cool things. Now, one thing that you have to do, everyone listening to this has to do this. You have to create boundaries and we're going to be talking more about that. But as you go to sleep, say, I only allow 100% love and light come to my space, you know, and I only allow my past loved ones to come into my space. And then maybe you even want to uphold a little bit more of a boundary. Cause if you have a lot of past loved ones, you don't want every single one of them in your bedroom when you're trying to sleep, because guess what happens? You subconsciously are aware of an energy being inside of your room, whether you realize it or not. And that's going to make it very difficult for you to have a restful sleep. So, I want you to say a little prayer and I say that I only allow my mom and my grandmother to say who's allowed inside my space or Archangel Michael. If you are working on, you know, talking to your higher self and things like that, then you can say, okay, my higher self. Um, but I don't want everybody and their brother, you know, in my bedroom when I'm trying to sleep spirits, whether they are demonic love and light, your past loved ones, someone else's past loved ones, past pets. It doesn't matter you have to have boundaries with them spirit world is just like the physical world you're not going to allow everybody and anybody to come over your house at all hours of the night and the exact same thing it is with spirits like i am so sorry that my neighbor lost someone okay i am so sorry and i am so sorry that maybe they're not as open to spiritual communication as i am but that doesn't mean that they can just come in my house anytime that they want now and then like be like a creeper standing over my freaking bed watching me sleep trying to get a word in so that i can go get really a message to my neighbor no and you don't have to do that either you don't have to put up with that but you have free will and so everything goes in your life unless you put up those boundaries and you say what is and what is not allowed inside of your space and say for some assertiveness too because some spirits are like freaking toddlers okay some spirits are just like trying to push boundaries and that kind of thing we're going to get more into that but just in case you stop listening to this episode i had to tell you Okay, so the sleep disturbances, this is also going to include nightmares, um, maybe even night terrors. This is also going to include inability to sleep that doesn't have anything to do with health, your food, um, vitamin deficiencies, those kinds of things, um, and also being waking up by weird noises, all those kinds of things. And now number nine is going to be pet behaviors. I wish I had a pet so that I could like really tune in on this, but your pets can see things that you can't. And I know you know this too, because your pets can hear things that you can't like that's scientifically proven. So it's definitely proven that they can freaking see things, you know, that we can't. And so if your dog is barking at the corner in the thin air, hmm, but now your dog, your cat, your bird, all right, if they knew the past loved one, they might bark a little bit at first, but then they're going to be like, oh, it's you, it's you, it's you. Okay. I'm cool if your dog or your pet was like that, if they were actually familiar with the person and in real life, when that person was alive, if they would, they, they start behaving the same way that they were when they were alive. And that's cool. Let me explain it again. If your dog sees someone in your house that they used to know, all right, but that person died, how, you know, if it's truly that person that died is if your dog, is acting the same as if when that person was alive. So if they like that person, they might bark for a minute because like maybe they're taken back, but then they're gonna be okay. Or if they hated that person, then they still might be barking, right? Because they would bark when that person was alive and now they're dead and he's, they're still barking at them. 
but you really have to pay attention to some of the things. And I don't know why, but I'm getting record. I'm getting records. So I think that someone definitely has to record what their pets are doing, but they are definitely probably seeing something, but they also can see angels as well, which is really, really big. So it's not necessarily bad. It's really bad when it gives a, like a big creepy factor and you have a bad feeling and maybe it happens a lot. But also think about where it happens, though. Like if it's always happening in the same place that the past loved one used to sit or sleep or hang out in, then that's going to be a sign that it's that past loved one. Oh, my God. You guys, I just got this big giant chill. Something over there on my left part of my office just like thumped. And that's so crazy because we're talking about pets. And I, 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 only, I have a couple pets that died, but I wasn't really close to them except for Gizmo. So I'm just going to say, okay, Gizmo, if that's you, do it again. <laughs> and that's how I roll with my life is what I just, what I just showed you. But I do feel that it's some pets from the other side reaching out and trying to say hi. Okay. Now moving on to number 10 is if there's historical data that proves that your house was haunted, or maybe it's one of those stigmatized properties that we talked about. So do you know something that happened in your house? Do you, you know, can you talk to the previous owners? Those kinds of things. We're going to be getting into that. But was your house used to be a funeral home? Did your house used to be your grandfather's house? Because then maybe he's still there. So put common sense with this kind of thing. I understand that we're talking about ghosts and the paranormal and the woohoo and those kinds of things, but it, you can still use logic here. All right. So those are the 10 ways to know that your house is haunted. I'm going to recap them here in a second, and then we're going to go into what to do about it. All right, so we are going from the top, unexplained noises. Number two, cold and hot spots. Number three, apparitions, or shadows. Number four, objects moving. Number five, strange odors. Number six, electronic disturbances. Number seven, feeling watched or touched. Number eight, sleep disturbances. Number nine, your pet's behaviors. And number 10, historical evidence. Okay, so now we are going into what to do about it. By the way, I have six things to do about it. The sixth one is the most important. Okay, I really wanted to leave you with the most important one. But first, number one thing that you want to do if your house is haunted is you really need to write it all down because it's going to make more sense getting it out of your head. And it's going to help you to determine if this is a past loved one or if it is actually indeed a spirit. And then it also might be able to show you what kind of spirit that it is based basically on what I had just told you, you know, what does it make sense? You know, does it make sense that this is a past loved one or does it make sense that something else is going on? So definitely record it all. If you can get video, that's awesome. But basically what I get that spirit is saying here is to write it down so that number one, you don't forget. And then it's also going to make more sense. Once you write it down, it's going to be in black and white. And I'm not talking about things that just happened from this moment forward, but also things that happened previously. All right. Number two is going to be investigate natural causes because you have to kind of debunk things because those noises may not be paranormal at all. Like something might be wrong with your house, like your water heater, maybe your air conditioning is about to go out, you know, maybe, you know, your refrigerator is about to go, you know, so definitely looking into those natural causes is going to be very, very helpful. Just like with me, with the um, floorboards in my bedroom. And it's so crazy because my husband's like, yeah, these floorboards are bad. But that also has to do with when they built the house and the weather and if they tarped really well, like did they go ahead and 
you know, there was no roof on it when they were laying things down. And that's the reason why the wood contracts and expands so much. So it's going to make you feel a lot better if you can investigate those natural causes of it. Same thing with electrical dirt disturbances. Don't just discount everything as paranormal because there might be something wrong with your house. And so we definitely want to make sure that nothing is wrong first. Okay. So definitely do that. Okay. Number three is going to be consulting with any kind of experts. So maybe you have a heebie-jeebie feeling like maybe this used to be a satanic ritual house that you used to live in. Like people were members of the cult. Maybe there was some suicides or murders and things like that, that happened in your house. And so you really want to get an expert opinion. So a couple of the people that you can reach out to is going to be a psychic medium. Okay. But one that actually deals with house cleansings, you know, house clearings, those kinds of things. That is one thing that you can do. I think that's a really great one because the psychic medium is able to pick up on who or what it is, you know, as opposed to maybe some of the other ones we're going to talk about, they might not be able to get that information as clearly or as quickly. All right. And also a psychic medium is going to be able to tell you if it's something that you should worry about or not. Now we're moving on to any kind of paranormal investigators. Obviously that's one that a lot of us know because we see it on TV. Um, it's not as flashy as amazing, you know, when you're actually doing it in real life. But you can reach out to them, you know, Googling, Facebook, those kinds of things. Um, going ahead, and a lot of them do, like, you know, frequently asked questions. They do, like, free questions and those kinds of things. I can also put in the show notes, too, my little, my little house thing that I have. So you can make sure your house is good to go. And then I think I also have one on how to cleanse your house. Um, and we're going to be getting into that here in a minute. But that's going to be in the show notes as well. And then you can just download it. Um, and it'll be great. So consulting with experts. And of course, if you really, really need to, you can consult a demonologist or a priest, you know, going to your local church and stuff like that. That is a more of a rarity. I promise you that 99% of everything that happens is not demonic. It is not evil. It is not any of that stuff. Okay. So that stuff is a like attracts like. So in order to be you know, attracting those kinds of presence, then, then you had to have number one, like liked it somehow, you know, so maybe it says something about you or the situation that you're in. So when I was involved in domestic violence, and there was a lot of drinking going on in the house and addiction and drugs and things like that, then that's really what um, brought the demon in. But if you look into Eddie and Lorraine Warren, who were amazing, famous um, demonologists that actually consulted on many different kinds of movies and things like that, and who really got their stardom with the Amityville Horror clay case, they say that demonic things cannot come into your house, they can come in your space, they can't do any of it without being invited. So if you watch any of those paranormal shows, ghost adventures, ghost hunters, anything like that, it's really funny because you can see it or you find out, oh, so-and-so was playing with the Ouija board and didn't know their boundaries or so-and-so did a satanic ritual or a witch put a hex on it or, you know, something crazy like that happened to invite in something that's bad. So I just have to tell you that if you're scared of anything like that, don't even worry. Does that stuff exist? Yes, it does. But it's so rare. It's so far away from you. You don't even have to worry. And then guess what? We're going to be talking about boundaries too, but then the boundaries, you're going to be good good to go, good to go. Just like how right now in your life, you probably don't have like a murderer or an evil person hanging around you. You know what I mean by evil? I don't mean just like greedy person or a person who's a butthole and stuff like that. I'm talking about an evil person, like an evil person who wants to like kill people and is lying and deceitful and cunning and just like, <sighs> like you probably don't have that because you don't attract that. 
And so you don't track that in the physical realm. You're not going to track that with the spiritual realm. All right. So now number five with how to get rid of these haunting things is going to be cleansing or blessing your space. So this is what I talked about. Like in the show notes, I will have like my breakdown and everything. Obviously you can use sage, which is sage back in the day was actually used to bring forth ancestors. So it's kind of funny now that we use sage to cleanse, but we use sage to cleanse because it actually does something to the molecules in the air. It changes the atoms in the air and it makes them more high vibrating and it cleanses it. Okay. So when people are like, Oh, demons are afraid of sage. Oh my God. They're just not understanding what sage does. Okay. It is a cleanser of the air and it changes the dynamic of the air. It makes it more higher frequency. And then things that are vibrating on a lower frequency are not attracted to that because by the laws that govern this planet, you know, one of them is like attracts like, and I'm not talking about a woohoo standpoint. I am talking through every standpoint. This is a law that governs literally the science of this earth is the like attracts like. So they will not be attracting to that anymore because you are using sage or polysanto, which is holy wood and things like that to cleanse that air. And therefore it's changing up the energy. It's raising the vibration of the energy. And so therefore the ghost, the bad ghost doesn't want to deal with that anymore. But your past loved one who has crossed over to the other side, who was into the light is very, very high vibrating. That's why it's so hard to hear them is because they are operating at a higher frequency. And so when you go ahead and you use the sage, it says it raises the frequency. It can actually make it a lot easier to hear some of those higher vibrating beings like your past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, intergalactic guides, all those. So think about that way, but you can even take candles. You can just do it with an intention, but using something like a candle, sage, whatever it is, some kind of spray, whatever it is, it just really enforces that intention. That makes sense. Okay. So you can definitely cleanse it and you can bless it. You can even do this virtually, right? It's not something that you have to be in person for because energy is energy and you can connect to it everywhere. All right. Now, number six, you have made it. Thank you so much for staying here with me. And that is boundaries, 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 boundaries. And this is something that sensitive people that empaths have such a hard time with is their boundaries. And just like we already talked about, you might have boundaries with the physical world, but you also have to have boundaries with the spiritual world. So just kind of know that some people have great boundaries, but they don't take any BS. They don't care. They're like in their own element. That's like kind of like my husband, maybe you know somebody that's like that too, you know? And so ghosts don't really hang out with him. But if you're always the one that's all like, oh, let me do this for you. Let me do this. Let me do this. And you're such like a giver and that kind of stuff. You might be attracting ghosts as well because they're like, hey, let me get in on some of that. You know, maybe she'll reach out to my past loved ones. Maybe she'll help me. Or maybe, you know, I don't know, like maybe she's just cool to hang out with. <laughs> but it's like, OK, that's great. I love that so many ghosts are attracting to me. Thank you. I feel a little bit flattered, but I, I, I can't do it. I can't be everyone to all the humans I know. And now I have to worry about freaking ghosts and, you know, them thinking that I can help everybody or just hang out with them or they could hang out in my house. Like I always think about this. I was like, my house is not a flop house. It's, you can't just come and go like whenever you freaking want to three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. Like, are you serious right now? Um, no, no, you're not allowed to come into my house all the time. You're 
allowed to come in my freaking bedroom, like when I'm freaking trying to sleep. And so you have to just think of it that kind of way, but you have to set those boundaries. Whereas, you know, with the humans in your physical realm, it's like, it's society tells us, you know, and societal norms tells us, okay, we can't, you know, go to Heather's house, you know, at three o'clock in the morning and get in our bed with her. We can't do that. But with the spiritual realm, there's not really any of those. It's not like they have a society over there or anything else. And they have social norms and things like that. They don't have any of that. And even if so, like I said, remember they're like toddlers. And so you have to literally make it black and white with what you will and will not put up with. And I'm going to tell this story because it's just applicable. And that is, you know, that one time when I was sleeping and I had a dream and, you know, someone touched me and I was really pissed off and everything else because I did my, you know, my prayer before I went to bed and everything. And I couldn't believe that there was a ghost touching me. Like, are you kidding me right now? I told you that no one was allowed inside of my space except for Archangel Michael and my mom can delegate who is allowed inside of my space because maybe I do want one or two past the ones to be hanging out with me as I sleep because maybe I want to dream about them or maybe I want to have a subconscious talk with them. Maybe they have something that they want to tell me. So I do want to keep it open, but I don't want to keep my whole entire bedroom door open. Like, oh my gosh, with how many past the ones that I've had and my husband had, we would be having a freaking party inside of my bedroom every single freaking night. Like, no, thank you. I can't do that. I have to get my sleep. <laughs> You're like, even though I love to talk to everybody, okay, like I'm still in this human body, okay, that needs rest. And so when I was dreaming, I felt someone touch me. And that's when I told myself to wake up. And when I woke up, I was mad because I had put my boundaries out there and somebody was pushing my boundaries. Remember, it's up to you and only you to uphold your boundaries. And I was pissed. I was so mad because I was like, this is uncalled for. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, the angels let one go. Like they're on first, they have watch duty when I'm sleeping. And like, what did they do? Did they totally like drop the ball? But that's when I, I felt guided to look at the clock. And when I looked at the clock, it was 1213. And 1213 is my Aunt Juju's birthday. And that's when I was like, oh my God, Aunt Juju, I'm so sorry. I did not realize that it was you. I, I'm so sorry. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. You know, so just kind of keep that in the back of your mind, but it's so good to have those boundaries. And just because you have them does not mean that your past loved ones won't be reaching out to you. Okay. They will, they will always be reaching out to you and you're allowed to say who you are allowed to, you know, have inside your space as your past loved one or not. So keep that in the back of your mind. I had so much fun with you and I have to invite you though to an online seance event that is a coming up. I believe it's on the 24th and it is going to be the coffee and cards club readers who have just been practicing their abilities and are just so amazing right now. And they're actually creating their own little businesses and things like that. So they are going to be open for readings and they're making their debut during the seance event. So we are going to be dressing up and having fun in our virtual space. And we invite you to join us so that maybe you can get a reading from one of us. I will be hosting it and it is donation based. So go ahead and donate and then hopefully you'll be able to, you know, grab a reading and we have all different kinds of readers there. So it can be cards, psychic, mediumship, pet readings, the whole shebang. So everybody's able to, you know, basically shine their abilities however they want to. So that link is going to be in the show notes so that you can sign up and then you can join us then. And I hope to see you then. 
And I will see you on Sunday for Coffee and Cards. Thanks for tuning in to the Spiritual AF Life Podcast. You'll find all the links to resources and more in the show notes. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on the incredible episodes that are coming up. 